to all those who have influenced others, uh, shaped their lives, who men who spoke uh, truth uh, into the lives um, of those that they surround themselves with. Uh, today, we are grateful uh, for all the fathers uh, that have influenced us. So, in honor of this day, friends, uh, I take full liberty this morning to share with you a couple of dad jokes. And here's the catch. I think these are terrible jokes, and I love them, and I'm going to share with them. And because today's Father's Day, you don't have a right to judge me. So, here we go. All right? All right. Which bear is the most condescending? A pun, duh. I'm going to be here tomorrow. All right, there's another one. I like this one, too. All right. What kind of a noise, uh, oh, what kind of a noise does a witch's vehicle make? Broom, broom. <laughs> you all are getting it good. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> that is really bad. I love this one. I love this one. All right, here we go. Um, two guys, <clears throat> two guys, Walked into a bar. The third guy ducked. Get it? Get it? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's pray. God, we come before your presence with thanksgiving uh, for this day. Uh, we thank you for the joy of laughter, for life itself. God, even as we look at your word uh, this day, we ask that you would speak to us, uh, that your spirit uh, would would open our eyes to your word, that we may see you uh, in the storms that surround us. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Have you ever replayed a conversation in your head? It's like a tape that plays in your head. Or maybe you kind of spoke to somebody about a conversation that you had. It kind of, when Kristen and I are part of these conversations, kind of goes like this. Uh, it goes like, I was with this person, whether it be a family member, a co-worker, a friend, and I said this, and this person said that, and then it progresses back and forth, and I have no clue why that person is angry with me. Have you ever processed like that before? Right? Yes. Come on, church. We can talk. Yes. All right? Yeah, we've all done that. We've all kind of played that uh, tape in our heads, whether, whether you're going for a walk, like you're trying to figure out how in the world you are where you are, and you're trying to replay every step, just trying to figure out how you ended up where you are. And most of the time, we replay those things in our heads, not when things are going well, not when nothing, anything uneventful happens. We kind of play those tapes in our head when the outcome is not what we had hoped for. When the outcome is completely almost negative, to what we were hoping for. We were hoping for X, and all of a sudden, we feel like everything is blown up in our face, and we are trying to get to the bottom of it. We're trying to be reflective, trying to process, trying to see what events led to that place where we find ourselves in saying, I have no clue why this is happening to me. I have absolutely no clue why I find myself in this space. We've all done that. We play that tape over and over again, trying to just make sense as to our present circumstance. 
whether it be relationships, whether it be life, whatever it might be, we try to process when we find ourselves in those depths, in those places, in those dark places where we have not seen or we didn't expect to be in that place. So this morning, before we look at this scripture, and that was read to us uh, from Mark, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And that when evening came, he said to the disciples. And when evening came, he said to the disciples. The disciples, that Jesus is telling something to his disciples when evening came. So before we kind of enter into that space, I kind of want to play a few things that might have taken place before that moment. Before that moment, before that evening came and he said to the disciples, before that time gap, I want to go back a little bit in the Gospel of Mark and talk about what took place up until that point. In Mark chapter 1 verse 16, this is what we read. Jesus calls the disciples here. We read these words. Verse 16, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. And he said to them, Come follow me. And without delay, they followed Jesus. That's it. Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he sees two guys. Simon, we know is Peter, and his brother Andrew. And he looks at them and he says, come follow me. And they respond to Jesus' call. They respond to Jesus' call by dropping their nets behind them and following Jesus. They leave everything behind. And the other two brothers, James and John, they were sitting in their boats. And Jesus said to them, come follow me. And they left their boats behind and they started following Jesus right away. They started following Jesus right away. They started to follow Jesus right away. Come follow me. Three simple words that let them leave everything behind and follow Jesus. We know uh, back in this day that what you did for a living gave you a sense of identity. They were called fishermen because that's what they did. And Jesus was called a carpenter. That's what he did for a living. And here, they were giving up their sense of identity, a sense of belonging, giving up their family, to follow Jesus. They dropped everything to follow Jesus. Friends, this morning, the question that we need to kind of wrestle with is Jesus calling you this morning to follow him. And what is it that you might have to drop in order to say yes to Jesus? What is it that you need to let go so that you can follow Jesus, what is it that you might be hanging on to or clinging on to? And I know some of you have said yes to Jesus many years ago. But if there is somebody here this morning who's never said yes to Jesus, I want to invite you to say yes to him, to follow him. And if anything is holding you back, 
And if you drop it and start following Jesus, many blessings in life and challenges will follow you, but Jesus is going to be present with you. And this is the first time you're saying, yes, we would love to talk to you as pastors here. Please reach out to us and we would be happy to talk to you. So these disciples leave everything behind and they join and follow Jesus. They start following Jesus. And after Jesus picks up these disciples, as we move along in the Gospel of Mark, as Jesus picks up these disciples, he begins to teach the people. He begins to teach the people that were there. All these crowds started coming before Jesus, and Jesus began to teach them about the kingdom of God. What does it mean for us to love God and love our neighbor? What does it mean for the kingdom of God to be here in this world and not yet? Jesus is teaching these crowds. And then I love what Mark writes. And later after the crowds left, Jesus explained to the disciples what the parables meant. And I think the conversation would have been Jesus saying to the disciples as, they, as the crowds left and they were all kind of sitting around. She said, okay, this is what the parable of the sower means. And they were going, oh, wow, Jesus, that is really deep. You know, it's been centuries we've been reading the parables of Jesus. And there is still more for us to learn, more for us to explore. And that's what the disciples were doing with Jesus. Jesus was opening their eyes to the meaning of these parables. So all that took place, and then we come to the start of our story. And that, and that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the cow behind, they took him along, just, a, just as he was in the boat. When evening came, when evening came, it's important to hear these words, when evening came, I want you to pause and I want you to think about the enormity of that statement. When evening came, when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. See, this means the disciples knew that they were embarking on a journey to go to the other side at night. See, many times when we read uh, the Gospels, we tend to put on our own lenses and we think that, you know, Jesus is on, on the shore at Ocean City and he's sitting by the boardwalk and, you know, all these lights are there and, yeah, and we can take a nice stroll along the beach. But no, that's not the case. When evening came, man, it was getting dark. There was no electricity. There was no lights for them. They had to venture into the other side of the lake maybe with the reflection of the moon that was guiding them. That's it. That's it. They had to cross the body of water with absolutely no light. I don't know why one of the disciples, my favorite disciple, Peter, I don't know why he didn't kind of put his hand up and said, Jesus, why don't we just kind of spend the night here? You know, you taught all these people. I'm sure they'll let you in. They can, we all can kind of hang out there. You know, spend the night. When the sun comes up, we can go to the other side. No one said that. When night came, when evening came, he said, let us go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. 
Friends, this morning, I kind of want us to find ourselves in this story and ask ourselves the question, is Jesus calling you to do something very specific? Over the past several weeks, uh, we've been kind of using this theme of service in all our sermons. Pastor Cindy kind of kicked us off and kind of called us to serve our community. Is God kind of nudging you to serve your community, our faith community, in children's ministry or youth ministry or bread of life? Or is God kind of putting your heart something, a new ministry that you can do? What is God calling you to do? When evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. What is Jesus asking you to do today? Where is God calling you to serve? You hear that little nudge in your heart saying, maybe we should be doing this as a church. What is it? And are you willing to get in the boat and go to the other side? Are you willing to do that? See, one of the things when I think about this, the disciples getting in the boat, knowing that it's evening, knowing that you know it is difficult to navigate the waters at night because there are no lights, there is no GPS to guide you. But the disciples had a sense because they were fishermen. They knew how to get across the sea. They had that sense of knowing what was going to take place. They kind of could read the winds. They, They were familiar with the waters. But I think this is where the story culminates, comes together. See, as they were going to the other side, Yes, they said yes to following Jesus. And now Jesus tells them something very specific to do. And they keep going on with Jesus. But something else takes place. All of a sudden, they find themselves in the midst of a storm. The weather, that weather was not expected by these disciples. If not, they would have said something. No, the waters were calm and they got in the boat. And all of a sudden, they find themselves caught in a storm the clouds have overtaken them they can't see out anything and the rain is coming down and the waves are crushing against the boat and the waves are so high they're actually going over the boat all because they said yes to Jesus they said yes to Jesus by leaving their identity (laughs) they said yes to Jesus when he said let's go to the other side and now they find themselves in the midst of a storm. They find themselves in the midst of a storm for saying yes to Jesus. Do you find yourself in those spaces where you have said yes to Jesus and where you have said, all right, I'll go in. I will do that. I will go that extra mile. And all of a sudden you find yourself in the midst of the storm. And the storm's so bad, they have no idea if they're going south or north. They have no idea if they're going east or west. Complete chaos and confusion surrounds these individuals. And Jesus is nowhere to be found. Jesus is fast asleep in his journey. Do you find yourself in this story? Is life throwing you into a storm? Are you saying, where is Jesus? 
bear is Jesus. Because the disciples, that's exactly what they said. When the storm was raging, that is exactly what they said. They looked at Jesus, they woke him up, and they said, Do you want us to perish? Do you want us to die? Just imagine their turmoil. These are seasoned fishermen. And they are concerned about dying. Do you want us to perish? And I love what Jesus says. Jesus simply says, peace, be still. In the midst of the waves crushing you down, throwing you upside down, Jesus looks at that storm and says, peace, be still. Peace, be still. And the disciples experience that peace. Friends, this morning, I don't know if you are going through a storm. I want you to hear the words of Jesus saying, peace, be still. If you, maybe God is preparing you for a season where you will be entering a storm. And I want you to hang on to those words that Jesus said, peace, be still. Because guess what? And we think that Jesus might, that Jesus is nowhere to be found, but Jesus was in the boat with them. And Jesus will be with you in the boat when life storms come your way. Peace, be still. Let us pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for reminding us that you are always present in the midst of a storm. And you declare, peace, be still. God, help us to hang on to those words. Peace, be still. Speak peace into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.